Hey everyone, this is Thea, and I want to welcome you to the corner of here and now, where we talk about real life, recovery, success, spirituality, and anything else that might come up right here, right now. Hold on to your seat, because we're in for a ride. This is Thea, and I want to welcome you back to the corner of here and now. Today is episode 2.24, so this is my 25th day in a row. I've got a crazy goal, if you know about it or not, of doing 52 episodes in a row, and we're going to be, I'm going to be, we're going to be ending on January 1st. So taking this crazy year of 2020 out with a bang. So I appreciate all 27 of you that are out there listening and I uh, hope you don't mind me blathering on, but I do have a special guest today, which I'm really excited about. I have no idea where this is going to go, but I really think it's going to be a great conversation, um, you know, about staying clean for a long to long time and what does it look, look, look like and just what are some of the things that we go through as people in long-term rec- recovery? Because I think that this is an important thing. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce my friend Zach, and I'm going to let him take the microphone. We're having some technical difficulties today, too, so um, hopefully this is all going to work out really well. And I'm just going to let him talk a little bit and introduce himself, and you can just kind of say whatever you want to get rolling. If you just want to give like a snippet of your story, that would be awesome, and we'll work out from there. Here you go. Okay, take that. Take it. We're going we're gonna to go back and forth. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for the introduction. Where's the applause at? That's what I was waiting for, yeah. <laughs> so, it, well, first off, you have 27 listeners now, not seven. You have 27 have now? 27. You have 27 listeners I'm now? sure. Yeah. Um, well, you're going to have more now because you're going to be a lot more listening and because hearing me. Here. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, there's going to be two of them. <laughs> so, 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 29? Yeah, 29, yeah. So, 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 so my following, both of you, thank you for joining us. <laughs> You know, it, it, that's something. There's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about before we sure. get into the other stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that you, your your listeners are up to 27 now because you've been joking about having seven listeners. <laughs> well, you know, we were in a business networking group a long time ago. Um, yes, we were. You know, and and um, and I led that group during mm-hmm. that time. And you used to tell me to to stop with the self deprecating humor. Oh. You remember that? <laughs> I do. I do remember that. <laughs> you know, and and. It's coming back on me now. Right, right. Well, it, it, it's like for me, it's a joke, and for everybody else in there, it's a joke. But you had known me for so long that you knew that there was a piece of me that felt that way, and and, and so it, the, the more that I said that, the more that I would believe it, and that I needed right. to stop. Yeah, okay. I, and I mean, and, and you weren't you weren't nice about it either. You're like, you need to stop that shit, Zach. <laughs> everybody in there except me and you thinks it's a joke. <laughs> Wow, that's um, awesome. Thank you for reminding yeah, me. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. Good well, it, and, and the other thing is that, you know, so, so it's Zach and Thea, but is Betty here? Because oh. if, if Betty's here, You've I have... been listening. I've been listening. <laughs> I have. I told 
you know, I'm a big podcast guy. Okay. You know, I actually, gotcha. it, it might sound weird, but but I, I fall asleep every night listening to a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, now that I'm awesome. single and I'm in the bed by myself, I turn on a podcast or, or an audio book, you know, and, and it's like somebody's reading me to sleep. I have not gone awesome. to sleep to your podcast yet because I thought that might be kind of creepy. <laughs> For all involved, for all involved. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big podcast person. But no, so, uh, Betty, and I've told she's you in this. The back seat. So, oh, she, so she's back there. She's L- back listen, there all if, the time, if Betty ever has the balls to come out in the flesh, <laughs> I want her to know I'm going to punch her right in the fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for talking to my friend the way that she does. That's awesome, thank you. Because that's another thing. You, you, and you've said this before. Before you gave her a name. Before before you went public with her name, at <laughs> yeah, least right. you used to say how. Um, if you heard somebody talking to one of your friends the way that you talk to yourself, you'd never let them see another, you know, another day, you know, and, um, I've told you before, I've said it publicly and I'm going to say it on a podcast. You're one of the people that I want to be like, you're one of the people when I first got clean that you were there and you're still there. And, you know, maybe that that's just part of the you know, the, the, that effect that we have on the people that we look up to is that we're always going to look up to them. Yes, and, and some for sure, yeah, you know, and yeah. even when they fall off the pedestal, not that I could recall a time that you have in my mind, I'm serious, but, but even when that happens, it's like, oh yeah, our mentors are human too. Right. And it makes it okay for us to be human. Right. So, you know, if, for what it's worth, I mean, I've always looked Thank up to you. you. You're welcome. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, you know, ho- ho- hopefully they could hear both of those yes, things. Hopefully, in our weird it. thing, if you guys saw this, you'd be like, "What the? What heck? the hell are you doing?" We're so high class. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so you know, Zach, recovering addict. Um, I, I work exclusively in NA program. I have for a long time. I, I got clean at 17 years old, um, and. You know, sometimes, it, well, for in the past, it's been something that I tried to kind of gloss over because I didn't want, you know, I, I wanted people to respect me as a person, you know, not as a person who got clean really young. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's here recently, it's that I kind of realized that that's an important part of my story that I shouldn't gloss over. Right. But do you, you think know? it's a th- I'm going to interrupt you. We'll just mm-hmm. get rolling. Do you really yeah. think that's a thing? Do you think people hone in on that? Or have you noticed that with other people in the rooms or with yourself that, People hone in on, oh, Zach's the guy that got clean young or something like that. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think so. I, th- I think some people see it as inspiration. I hope I hope more people see it as inspiration mm-hmm. than anything else. But, um, you know, I, I've also, since I got clean, had this thing in the back of my mind that, you know, how many people in here think I don't qualify? You know, it's 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 kind of an old AA thing, but the whole I've spilt more beer than you've ever drank mm-hmm. kind of thing. And no one's ever told me that but it's in the back of my mind that you know that's how people feel and it's it's like a imposter syndrome very much so you know the first time I heard that honestly was after the biggest sale I'd ever closed in my life you know um it it was this was huge and and the contact for my customer that that helped me get the job because he was he was the one that I sold more than anybody else and he went to his higher ups and says we need to do this and they did and it was huge and I was sitting and talking to him you know about how I feel like and it's true to a certain extent how I've improvised my way through most of this shit Mm -hmm. you know and and it's Mm -hmm. like you know, I, I, you know, I don't feel like I 
deserve half the credit that I have. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's called imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and I'm like, that's me. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so you've had that not only in your business career, because you've been successful. And I don't, I, you've, in my opinion, watching you from the outside and seeing what you've built from nothing, you've been very successful in your biz business career. And you've been successful in the rooms, and we'll get more to that. So do you feel like the imposter syndrome runs across all areas of your life? Yeah, absolutely. But, but it, and so <laughs> that, that was something, you know, when I've listened to your podcast in the past, like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I hope they ask me to come in and talk about the sixth step. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I'm a big believer, and this is, you're not going to find this anywhere in the NA literature, by the way. Okay. Um, and which which makes it nice for this format too, because mm-hmm. you know when I share in an NA meeting, you know I, I I try to stick with things that you're going to find in the fellowship and the program mm-hmm. because, um, well that's what we're supposed to do, right. you know, and right. we could give our personal experience of that, but a format like this we could give our own personal experience about of whatever. Course. What I've discovered the sixth step for me, it has been not finding what my character defects are. I don't like calling them character defects or assets anymore. They're characteristics. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're two sides of the same coin. And, and, you know, when I'm working six and seven, it's not about getting rid of characteristics that are bad, you know, the character defects. Mm-hmm. They're, what, they're about discovering what my characteristics are and using them in a way to where they're productive and not destructive. Um, you know, and, and, and where that ties into what you're talking about is that affects every area of my life. Right, you know, and right. so, you know, the, the imposter syndrome, you know, it, it's, it's in my recovery. It's in, you know, my, my business. It's in as a parent, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I've, I've got three kids, two that are grown technically, you know, what, and, and, and one that, that's not so much and very little. And people tell me all the time, I'm a great parent. And I'm like, how? All I've done is keep them alive. <laughs> you know? Hey, that's a big deal these days, <laughs> keeping those little ones alive. But um, so so, I want to go back to that. Yeah, yeah. There's so many awesome rabbit holes here. (laughs) No, well, and they're all interconnected. That's my whole point: is everything's interconnected. Oh, totally, totally. Here, I'll take that back for a second. (laughs) It's our weird microphone, everybody. So, uh, so one thing I used to talk about a lot when I was doing my groups at the recovery houses is learning how to get neutral. So what does that mean? We come into the program, we've got anger, we've got resentment, we've got all this stuff, like, ah, and they tell us that we have to love everyone. Okay, you just, you just need to, you don't have to like them, but you got to love them. But it's really hard to go from anger, resentment, blame, victim, victim, all the way over to love, gratitude, all this. But what about the idea of getting neutral? Wow, what a powerful concept so that now this character defect, this asset, it doesn't have a positive or negative pull on me yeah. anymore. Now it's neutral. I can use it, I, don't, I hate to say it, like almost however I want to use it maybe in a, in a mm-hmm. way. Like I'm not maybe expressing it quite right, but I really liked what you were saying because it brings in some neutrality and I don't have to feel bad about my character defects and I don't have to feel prideful, boastful, whatever about my assets either. I get to kind of be in this middle ground where I can apply things where I, where I need them, have some logic instead of emotion around them. 
it, it almost sounds like you're talking about that that unicorn of balance. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, and okay, here's something too. And, and well, because because again, it's like we, well, we we can't always talk about this in a in a meeting, but but there, there's a guy um, that that I look up to tremendously. Um, his name's David Henderson, and I might send him a link to this so he can listen okay. to it. And, and he knows I've got a man crush on him, so it's cool. But when I first met him, I talked about balance, and I was like, the key to life is balance. He's like bullshit. He's like balance is a myth, man. Yep. He's like, well, let me take that back. And and he did a demonstration. He's a martial arts sensei, and he's like, stand up. You know, it's like you know, st st stand with your your feet about shoulder length apart he's like all right cool now don't move ever for the rest of your life <laughs> yeah that's we all react the same way we laugh right. you know it, and it's like he's like well but you're in balance you're in perfect balance right now yeah. he's like oh you want to get to some place sometime well then you're gonna have to get out of balance yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, and what's funny is that a lot of the stuff that he talks about, you know, it's like in the physical aspect, it's like crossover, move your left over to the right and, and do things yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, as I'm moving the microphone around, maybe you could hear the effect of the, you know? <laughs> the right, right. Um, neutral though, that's, that's interesting. Um, again, it's like there's two sides to every coin and, and my, my, my metaphor with balance is always like taking a quarter and trying to balance it, which, by the way, I think you could do it with a nickel, <laughs> but you can't right. do it with a quarter. Right. You know, you take a quarter and try to balance it on its side and it's going to fall over every time. Which right. side is it going to fall over to? Mm -hmm. You know, and the point of our step work, you know, be, be, you know, 10, 11, 12, this is what I've talked about is meetings that are focused on that, you know, to where it's like, let's see which side that we're flipping over to. And if it's kind of that destructive side, and let's try to dial it over the other way. Mm -hmm. um, a, a topic that comes up a lot of times is ego. Well, what is ego? Mm -hmm. What is ego but more than self-esteem that's kind of run a little bit more riot, you know, r r run riot as they say in the AA program, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, it's, and I'm not going to talk about politics, I swear. But, well, <laughs> I swear, okay. There's a button there. No, no, it's not a button. I'm, I'm gonna bring up a personality that everybody's wow. familiar with, yes. Donald Trump, okay? Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say whether I like him or not right now, I'm not. What I'm gonna say is that he's got an enormous ego yes, and whether you're a supporter or a hater of him, you can't right. deny that A, he has an extremely large ego and that he has made that into some extremely well done success. Okay. Yes. And so, and I don't want to be like Donald Trump, you know, no. but, but, you know, no. you know, it, but, but at the same time, it's like, that's, you know, a, a lot of people kind of take that a, a, as a, a, um, a, a symbol, a sign that see, that's what happens when, when you have enough self-esteem, you could accomplish anything. And it's like, but, but are you happy? And, and that's where you talk about success. What is mm -hmm. success? I think at the end of the day, no matter who you are, I think success is going to be gauged by how happy you are. I probably shouldn't have gone off on the Donald Trump no, okay. side, you know, but my point is that, 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 that is ego always destructive? No, no, no not necessarily. You know, one, one of my favorite philosophers of all time is in, uh, ooh, I just said her name wrong, Ayn Rand, you know, and she yeah. talks a lot or she talked a lot about, you know, how, you know, it's really um, – it, it, it's it's a what's the right word? See, this is the problem with with doing it live and not taking notes. It, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 an it has a negative effect when we try to drown out the ego. You know that that you know we 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 should try to you know rise above and and you know that she also talks about how there's no such thing as uh, altruism. That there's always something to it. That that 
you know, even if it's I do good for society because it makes me feel good. There's an outcome for me. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong with we shouldn't. Like on Friends when the bee. Remember when oh. Joey and Phoebe are just saying there's nothing that good that you can do. And they're like a bee when a bee stings you. And da -da. I'm really <laughs> screwing up this analogy. I might I might edit that out. But to edit out the Donald Trump shit, too, please. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean we're, we're kind of you know um well, you know, we're, we're diverse okay well but she is betty, ooh. betty, betty ooh, i betty's think an ego thing. i think betty's an ego okay. thing but it's the ego going riot like you're saying it's that whole easing god out like we hear in 12 oh, steps a lot of yeah, 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 of, yeah, yeah. you know even though it's a very negative piece of the ego if, basically what betty wants to do is what i've discovered is that she wants to keep me safe she goes about it in a pretty oh, shitty way, yeah. but in a lot of ways, she's trying to keep me safe. She doesn't want me to get hurt, but the process behind that is, hey, I don't want you to necessarily accomplish anything either. I'm going to keep you small mm -hmm. so you don't get hurt, which is a weird thing, but the ego comes into play with that. Yeah, well, and you know, and that reminds me, I, I think it was Haley that you were talking to about how, you know, nothing good comes without pain. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something very similar. Um I heard uh, a radio show one time where, and this guy's radio show had nothing to do with what he was talking about, but, it, but everybody knew that this guy was a very successful businessman, and every now and then he'd throw something out there. He'd throw a nugget, as you call it, mm -hmm, out there. Mm -hmm. and, and something he said that stuck with me for a long, long decades now, what, what he, he said that he, he was talking about your career. And he said there's people that um, you know, work the same job for 30 years, retire, get their gold watch, move on with their life, and they're happy, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's success to them, mm -hmm. you know. But he said, if you ever truly want to be wealthy, yep. you've got to break out of your comfort zone. You know, and, and, and that stuck with me forever. It's like, mm -hmm. if I'm comfortable right now, am I all right with that? Yeah. You know, because if, if I want to get further and, and i'll be honest there's been times where i've had to dial it back mm -hmm. okay we, you know we were talking about uh the staying neutral and the balance and all mm -hmm. that stuff i and i've said this before many times i think that my my, my strongest character defect and asset is my passion yes. you know um you know right. I, I i when there's when i have a goal set i'm very goal oriented and when, when i have a goal set do not get in my way yeah. you know and and but it's it's been, like you said, that's been one of your biggest assets in a lot of ways because mm -hmm. you've accomplished a lot over Thank the you. last, whatever, 22? 22. 22. Yeah, 22 years. Yeah, yeah, over the last 20, 20. And I've watched you do it from Zeke, the long-haired, <laughs> you know, leather-wearing kid that walked in the door <laughs> to where you are now. That's pretty That's pretty impre pre impressive. Yeah. The, the, the Zeke was the name that I went by when I got clean. My father still calls me that. Yeah, it's, I, I can give you the story where that name came from, but yeah. No, and you've come a long way, too. It, it's it, it, And I, I talk a lot about how you're the person I looked up to, you know, and, and because I did, and I still do, but, you know, we could also talk about, you know, the, 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 the chick who sat down with her hair in her face all the time because you were covering your face face right. which by the way that's what i do with the beard i'm not gonna lie yeah. I, I i grow i wear a beard because i don't like my face yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, well you know that's why i did it when i was younger so yeah. i want to go back to getting out of your comfort zone that's okay i'm gonna i'm gonna change gears here we, we don't want to talk about music and beards and you know no, no. Um, Rush, the greatest band of all time. Yes. <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan, the greatest guitarist of all time. Definitely, okay, definitely. we got that out of the okay. way. Whew, I feel better. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this. So, 
You talked about the uh, getting out of your comfort zone and the only way to be wealthy is to get out of your comfort zone. So we could take that and we could, you know, put that idea out in re recovery and spirituality. The only way to grow spiritually, the only way to really grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we'll say in the fellowship, because we can grow financially, but not grow spiritually. And vice versa, right? Yeah. So to be able to support ourselves, be happy, all this, we have to get out of our comfort zone. Step work comes into play with that, calling our sponsor, going to meetings when we don't want to, like all of that stuff comes into play. I don't want to med meditate. Yeah, I know it's super uncomfortable and it sucks, but <laughs> on some level, whatever your Which meditation is. So is the, the idea everybody has a meditation is calming and relaxing, right. but then when it becomes work, step work, now all of a sudden it's not calming and relaxing anymore. Right. It's work. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because yeah. it's not, when you're on your cushion or your chair or whatever you're doing, you're not just sitting there waiting for the bus. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. what my sensei says. We're not just waiting for the bus, Thea. And I'm like, Ugh! <laughs> that's why I'm falling asleep. Okay, because I'm not present. How's this, though? Even when you're waiting on the bus, though, it, it gets uncomfortable after a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and we can use it as med meditative time sure. if yeah. we choose to. Mm -hmm. So regardless, take the wealth out of it. Anything we want to do becomes uncomfortable. Sure. Any goal that we set for ourselves if we're really striving for it, we're going to have to level up, find a new set of problems. Because as we go up the ladder, no matter what ladder it is, 12-step ladder, spiritual ladder, wealth ladder, re re relationship ladder, we're going to run into new problems. So they're always going to be there. And being able to step out and be comfortable getting out of that comfort zone is going to play a huge role in all of that. Okay, talk about that. No? Talk about that? Yeah. You know what it made me think of? Um, you know, the, the, this thing that I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah, you are doing a thing tomorrow. You know, um, so I've been a – well, and you know, I don't even have to compare it to tomorrow, but but I, I've been a marathon runner for 15, mm -hmm. 16 years. Right. You know, it's not always fun. No. And that's when people, you know, they're like, why would you do something that creates so much pain? I'm like, because it's fun. It's great. Like, it doesn't look like you're going through fun at mile 25 and your yeah. nipples are bleeding. <laughs> but that's, you know, I set a goal for myself. Right. And, and crossing that finish line, the first time I crossed a finish line of a marathon, I swear, and people, it gives me chills talking about it. I get choked up sometimes, man. I'm serious, but it, that, because that, I relive it. When I tell a story, I relive it. Right. You know, I hold that moment up as, as right there in the top five moments of my life, right there with the birth of my children, you know, um, you know, I mean, and honestly, I don't know what else to compare it to. I mean, it's right there with the birth of my children because I worked so hard to get there. So you it's know. the accomplishment of the goal. For me, it is. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I'm very goal oriented. But here's the thing, too. And I learned this from 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 the fellowship. I learned this from the program where we talk about one day at a time. You know, it's a, you don't get 22 years clean overnight, you know. But you know, here's another one, too. For me, the goal of the program is not clean time. The goal of the program is to have a, a spiritual awakening. That's why in step 12 it says having had a spiritual awakening. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. Having mm -hmm. had a spiritual awakening, we try to carry the message. You know, right. it doesn't say having gotten 24 years clean, 30 years clean, you know, six months clean. Right. It says having had a spiritual awakening. That's the goal. Getting clean is what we have to do in order for it to work. 
How many you spiritual know. awakenings do we get? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Spiritual experiences or spiritual awakening? I don't know. Because Are I feel like I feel <laughs> uh, no, no. I, th- I feel like it, th- my opinion, I guess, my experience is that a spiritual awakening is a series of spiritual experiences, um, and I don't feel like we're ever completely awake. You know, we're awakening. Until but but we but transition maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. You know, but it, but for everybody, the story is different. Mm-hmm. That that's that, that's something that I love about all of this stuff too. Is that there's no magic formula for each individual person. Um, but but yeah, it, it's you know going back to the marathon thing. I, I one thing I, I think that the marathon is a perfect metaphor for life because you know it gets hard. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the middle of a project, you know, completely unrelated, but you know where somebody walked the project. Okay, and they're like, you know, this isn't fun anymore. And I was just like, my God, you're going to walk away just, you know, when you get a little bit of resistance, Mm. you know, then you never see the reward. You never reap the benefit of the reward when you walk away because it's not fun anymore. And you're always starting over again. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to go backward a little (laughs) bit. You know, so, so in your early podcast, you did the, 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 well, I do it. Do that. Do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You do it a lot better than me. You know, and I was I was listening to these podcasts, and I'm like, I don't think she's ever done that when I'm talking. And I'm serious. This is the way my brain works, right? And then we, That's we, your Betty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, we were at your clinic um, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and, and I had said how. Hey, here's a good nugget. We we don't have to delve <laughs> off into it, but but when when we're in a meeting. You know, and we reached that point to where, I don't know, for the first year or so, I never walked away from the meeting feeling worse than I did when I walked in. Always felt better. Okay. We will, every single one of us, stick around long enough, you're going to be in a sick meeting. You're going to yeah. be in, yeah. a, in a meeting like, oh my God, why I would rather be anywhere else than here. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that is the moment when we have more to give than we do to take. Cool. You know, that's when we're supposed to step up, you know, and if it's sharing... You know, you know, if it's, you know, getting a service position, if it, you know, finding what your strength is and working towards that and, and making that happen, that's that moment to where it's like, you know, it quit being about me a long time ago, by the way, it quit yes. being about me a long time ago. Um, you know, and that, that's that moment. Anyway, yeah. so we were talking about that and you gave that, do it again. And I was like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I made her have the, 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 the mind blown. That's a huge, so service work is huge in Narcotics Anonymous, bigger than in some other fellowships, right? We really pound that home. I remember my, my, one of my very first service positions, um, two gals, I had not even six months clean, I don't think. And I was at a, a, um, you know, a group conscience meeting. It was me and these two other gals. I'm sure you've heard this story before. And they handed me the bank bag. Oh, and yeah. I go, yeah. and I go, what's this? And they're like, you're going to be the treasurer. And I was like, oh no, I can't be the, tre-. I mean, it was like $12 in the bag. Like the meeting wasn't like in this or that, but they trusted me with that bank bag. Like yeah. they handed me that bank bag. And you know, I guarded that bank bag. <laughs> I still got the $12, you guys, like it's still there. You know, I was just all about it. And it was huge for me because somebody trusted me. They wanted me to stay. So they knew if they gave me some responsibility, I was more likely to stick around. That's not always the case. We've seen that over and over again, but, um, it was a, it was a place in my recovery where a lot of change 
you know, started to happen. Like, I'm maybe really going to stay here, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you've taken on some huge responsibility over the last several years. Yeah. And you've taken a lot of shit for it at times. I, I really have. And, yeah. like, let's just, be, let's just be really blunt about that. But you've done an amazing job at, at taking care of some things that I don't think would have been taken care of if you hadn't, because of your goal, your goal-oriented thinking mm -hmm. and, you know, taking those character defects, passion and purpose maybe, but turn them into assets right. and was able to see through um, a lot of stuff. So I would love if you would share a little bit about, and you don't have to go into detail or anything, but just share about maybe some of your experiences with taking on that big um, service commitment because I've taken on a lot of group stuff mm -hmm. and some mild things at the club level, but nothing like you took on. So I would love if you would share about some of your experience with that and how you made it through, because I know it was really, really rough for a while there. So here you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, um, yeah, so it, well, first off, and we can make a full circle on all of this stuff. I, I, I joined the program so young yes. you know and we talk about growing up in the program you know i i, I mean I, and i had the the advantage or disadvantage depending on how you look at it of, of growing spiritually you know growing mm -hmm. emotionally and then growing physically as well because i got clean True. at 17 years old True. and um you know so getting involved in service for me i've always had that passion i've always had that fire but it's like i i know that part of that trust is also can we trust somebody this young with this responsibility or whatever you know mm -hmm. and um you know um and i know that's been part of it and maybe that's that betty for you know i don't have a name for mine yet but, you know maybe that's my betty um it, it, but so it was uh man how many years ago now six seven years ago um God, no, it was longer than that. Um, you know, the, the, the our home group, Clear Lake group, was was going through one of the the, the ebbs, we'll call it. You know, <laughs> and and you know, we were really lacking in effective leadership, is what it was. And I, and I had stepped way, way, way back from it for a long time. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to step back into it. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was asked. And here's the thing too, because you're talking about being the treasurer and whatnot. I've never taken a treasury position that I wasn't asked to do. And and what I figured out was that I'm actually kind of good at it. <laughs> you know, ah. and. and you know, so, so I was nominated to be treasurer, you know, of Clear Lake Group, and I was for, for a while until I became treasurer of uh, the clubhouse that that group meets in, of the mm -hmm. street club. And I was asked, and once again, I was asked to join the board of Up the Street Club. And I, and I decided that I would do it because, I, you know, of my, um, my involvement with Clear Lake Group. And we had had some other stuff that was going on. It's like we had steps on the wall for, you know, a different fellowship. Right. And, and people weren't going because AA steps were on the wall. And it's a blurred message and, you know, all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that was the first thing I actually did, you know, as a member of the board is I lifted a ban on somebody that was there. Um, you know, I told them, I said, come in, you know, and I'll vouch for you. And we'll tell these guys that, that you know, you, you, you know, you know, people might not like you, but but you're trustworthy, and our purpose is supposed to be to, to help people. You know, mm -hmm. and I did. I got, I got the band lifted off mm -hmm. of this guy. Um, the next thing I did is I started telling people, it's like, you know what? Whether you think it's ridiculous or not, you know, people aren't coming to this meeting because the AA steps are on the wall. You know, and we can be multi-purpose rooms. You know, but let's you know let's have an AA room. Let's have an NA room. So when people come in, they feel like they're in an NA meeting. 
Good gotcha. luck there in an AA meeting. You know, and, and then what, what happened is people were like, oh, this guy's got some leadership skills. He's making things happen. <laughs> he's not just bitching about stuff. He's finding solutions. And so, you know, when the treasurer, who had been the treasurer for 14 years, said he was stepping away, he's like, here, here's the checkbook. <laughs> and yeah. this was different than, you know, the the... In Clear Lake Group, you know, we, we had a prudent reserve of like 500 bucks and, you know, right. the, the money that's coming in and whatnot. You know, this was, you know, a, a nonprofit fellowship that, it, that needed to bring in six figures in order to break even. And what I discovered is we weren't. We weren't breaking even. We, we, it was falling apart at the seams, you know. And um, so and I, so I told the guys, I'm like, I can do this. And I said, you are, you know, some of you aren't going to like me when it's over with, <laughs> but yeah. I will get this done. And, you know, long story short, I mean, I, I made some major adjustments when part of that involved getting a much more cheaper place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we, we had to, uh, you know, we, we got a place that saved us a good chunk of money. But, you know, the caveat was that we had to, to, to remodel it ourselves out right. of our own budget. So I had to raise money with that. And so it was convincing people that, you know, we need to raise money in order to save the money. Right, <laughs> and, it, right. and I'd never been, you know, individuals I've, I've had influence on, but a group like that, you know, I've never really been able to do that. And so, but I did. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I, I, I did. I pissed some people off along the way. And, and it affected me spiritually. I'm not going to lie. You know, we, we, me and you sat down mm-hmm. and talked about that. It took me a long, long time to kind of get that, that, that ground back in there. But, you know, I did. And you know what? And, and so, and, and I, I'm going to tie this all together too. So, so, you know, the, the flack that I got was, you know, a lot of people talking about conflict of interest and, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, affiliation and, and stuff like that. And, and I've always felt like I've been able to separate that in areas where I felt like I couldn't, I stayed out of it. And, and I'm doing a lot of that right now. Right. Um, you know, if there's an issue that I feel like that 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 my my involvement in this is going to affect my involvement with that, then I just stay out altogether so that it, it doesn't affect one another. But uh, one of the things that came up, and we boundaries. talked about, oh yeah, setting- those are called boundaries, everybody. <laughs> well, we have to set those with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's some. Here's a nugget for you. <laughs> No, no. So anger, you, you knew me when I was really young yeah, and, and yeah. you talk about how anger and love are so interconnected. It's almost the same thing. And, yes. you know, and, and that made a whole lot of sense to me. But you, you, you know why? I'm not a religious person, but the way that somebody explained this to me is, do you know why God gave us anger? You don't know? I'm no. surprised. It's to set boundaries. Teach it forces us to set boundaries right gotcha. right you know gotcha. but but it's it's okay to show a little bit of anger when somebody crosses our boundaries but it's not okay is to show anger because somebody got our you know five dollar order at mcdonald's wrong <laughs> you know, it's right, like you know right. come on you know have a little compassion for people but that's a big but, that's a big higher power that's a lot of faith that whether you're consider yourself a spiritual religious person whatever yeah. Stepping into that role, yeah, you could say there's ego and there's experience from you know your own life experiences and stuff, but there's also a piece of that I think where there's a you have a huge higher power and you are trusting in that higher power and your skills. And I think sometimes I know that for myself even I don't always trust my higher power. I'm still learning about faith and learning about my own skill set and growing that skill set. And all of your skill set led you and your higher power to that place to be able to get done what had to get done. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, and and a lot of that too, we we go back to the, 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 the Ayn Rand stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot of that. It's a little bit of an ego in the middle of Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. By God, you are not going to stand in my way. I'm Mm going to get this done. Um, 
you know, but then it becomes self-destructive as well. Yeah. But what I was getting to, so, so d during the, um, uh, the shutdown that we had earlier in the year, mm -hmm. you know, for, but for COVID, um, first off, man, I cried when we changed the locks on those doors. I almost cried right now just, you know, mm -hmm. saying it, you know, because my home group, our home group, Clear mm -hmm. Lake group, we had had a meeting every single day for over 20 years mm -hmm. until we had to shut it down for COVID, mm -hmm. you know, and it just killed me. And then, and then also it's like, we're changing the lock on, on, on this facility that I'd worked so hard mm -hmm. to keep open, you know, and now we have to shut it down, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, and, and, and by the way, I see we, we were eventually given permission, more or less, from, from the local judge, you know, to, to stay open because we were essential, and we still decided not to, right. you know. So, I mean, it was just, that was a difficult, difficult decision. So, you know, in the middle of all of that is really when I got under the most heat, you know, and, and I think it was because people were shut down their home, yes. and they're like, you know, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, and, you know, nobody's really willing to do anything about it. They're just telling us what we're supposed to be doing, you know. And, right. and, and so to go for full circle, you know, somebody had brought up, and I don't hold resentment towards this person anymore. I did at the time, but, you know, it brought up, you know, said that I had a really, quote, extremely high bottom, you know, and it's like, you know, first off, what does that have to do with anything? But second off, this person didn't even know me, right. had no idea what my story was. So to say that I had an extremely high bottom, the only context this person could have had was that I got clean young. Mm -hmm. You know, I got clean so young. Mm -hmm. And, and, then it was a couple of weeks later that my oldest daughter, who, who just turned 18, she had a friend died from a drug overdose, 16 fucking years old. Yeah. You know, and when that happened, heartbreaking, right? When that happened, I thought about, thought about the things this person had said, thought about those things that I've said to myself, because that's why it hurt me so bad, is he said something that I've told myself for 22 mm -hmm. years now. You don't belong here. You know, come on, do you think these people really think that you belong here? You know, you got clean so young that, again, the old AA yeah. thing, you've spilled more beer than I've, you know, or yeah, I've what, spilled more beer yeah. than you've drank. You right, know? right. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that 16-year-old kid, Tyler, that's why, that's what I fight for. That's who I'm fighting for. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that, that. It's to show, you know what, I got clean at 17 years old. I would not have lived to 18 years old had I not done that. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, if I did it, you can do it and, and, and all yeah, of that yeah. other stuff. And, and it's like, so I, I might not be the most eloquent speaker. I might not be the person that in the meeting, I always want to, it's like when I share, like, think of something profound and it doesn't happen, you know. <laughs> There's this one guy, he, he's recently moved, but, but people would share when they would strike a chord, he'd go, yeah, come on. And he never said that to me because I'm not that guy, right? You know, like I finally got the <laughs> from you. you know? But you know what I am good at? I'm, I'm good at taking something that other people say can't happen, mm. you know, and making it fucking happen because by God, don't stand in my way. I'm going to make it, you know, and, and it's like, so, you know, why do you fight? Well, you know what? I'm fighting for that, that 16 year old kid, so to speak, yeah. who, you know, it's like, you know, tell his parent, tell him he had a high bottom, tell his parents he had a high bottom, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and yeah. So, so everybody has that unique story. Mm that reaches out to other people, you know, and I just recently, it was a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, a kid came into a meeting, 17 years old, was a drummer, I used to be a drummer, you know, and, and his parents brought him, and he was there because his parents made him, and I'm like, 
my God, that was that was me at 16. Yeah. You know, and at 17, I, I had a drug overdose, found myself in, in rehab, and kind of, you know, didn't make a long story short. I mean, honestly, I, I, I asked for a pass to leave the, the rehab so that I could go to a meeting. Really, I just wanted to smoke a cigarette. They wouldn't let me smoke in there because I was only 17. And I went into a meeting, and, and it's like, and everything changed after that, mm-hmm. um, to, to make a long story short. But, you know, it's like I saw that. I saw myself in that kid, and, and I'm like, that's why I'm here. That's why it, it stopped being about me a long, 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 long time ago. It stopped being about me. And, and now we're going to go back to the, it was altruism a real thing. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's like, yeah, you know what, I do, I, I, I want, like you just said, you know, you did so much. You know, we all want to hear that stuff. Sure. You know, it, we, we all want to be thanked. We all want to be appreciated. And, 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 you know, sometimes that's all that I need is someone to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's going to keep me going. So if that means that I'm not truly altruistic, that's fine. We need it, you know. But right. you know, when I see somebody, and every now and then somebody will say, "Hey, what you said, or what you did, or this place." There's a few members that I've heard them say, "This place saved my life," right. and so and I know that I played a part in that place staying open, right. and and it means something to me. So that's that's my message, I guess. That's what keeps me going. Is, is knowing that, that what I'm doing affects other people that I've never even met. Right. No, I went off. I went off. That's I good. Told, no. I told you I would do that. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. And I can tell you that since I've gone back to meetings over the last couple months, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to go back to a meeting, I've been so grateful that the club is there. Like, I had taken it for granted. Like, I will just be really, really honest. And we all have. I'm guilty of that, too. Right. Yeah. I've taken the club for granted. I took meetings for granted. And then they took them, you know, in 24 years, I've always had a place to go to a meeting. Right, right. And now it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. And not, it's not just gone for me. It's gone for the people that have less time than me. It's gone for the newcomer that could never walk in there. Like, whatever the situation right. is and i was like oh shit and i miss that blue room mm-hmm. you know it's not the right color blue but don't tell the guy who painted it no i'm just kidding oh, oh i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm oh. kidding it's basic text blue it's basic it text blue, blue. Right. i like the volume blue but that's okay so no no so, so when we built out the place that was like that one thing i was like no one's gonna uh, decide how to design this place but me <laughs> i'm serious so call that ego whatever you want to but i had a vision yeah, okay did. i had a vision yeah, and, and, the tile on the floor yeah 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 well and that was and, and i don't want to make it seem like it was all me i had it you know, know. <laughs> there, there were there were a very small number of people <laughs> but but if it wouldn't be for those people it would have never happened you know um but but the the main thing was so that gray that that color of gray that's in the wall, um, that the name of that color is anonymous. If you if you go, if, yeah, see. So if you go, <laughs> so if you go to Home Depot and ask for the shade anonymous, that's what you get. You know, so so that's. Um, I have no idea. The that that color blue in the room basic is basic text blue, and I actually color matched that from my basic text to make sure it was the right color. So fuck you, it's not the right color blue. <laughs> I was I was done with that volume blue. I hated that color. You know, it, it, and there were actually there was a few people that's like, oh, I got clean. So the, our old room was was a, the color of volume. Yeah. I'm not saying it right. How do you volume. say volume? Volume, volume. <laughs> so you know who picked out that color? Richard Davis. 
Oh God! Yeah, he picked out that color because he said it was a calming color, and that's the reason why why rehabs bad. and yeah, because <laughs> it's value. <laughs> Maybe that's why. But that's awesome. But here's the other thing too. The, the, this is so 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 cool. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn back the clock and give okay. a story. All right, quickly, quickly, quickly. When I was 16 years old, um, you know, first off, I, I want to say this real quick. I have wonderful parents, and I always have. Yes. You know, p p part of my story is not, you know, being neglected as a child. Mm -hmm. I have three wonderful, beautiful parents: my oh, mother, yeah. my father, and then I have a bonus mom. <laughs> you know, um, she's not my stepmother; she's my my bonus mother, um, Pam. She came in when I was 12 years old. She she was an RN. It, well, still is an RN, I guess. But she. Uh, when I was 16 and I was struggling, she gave me an AA big book, all right? Hmm. And she, to this day, says that she, you know, when she was nursing, you know, because uh, she wasn't actively in nursing anymore when, when she came into my life. But she said when she was in nursing, she came across a lot of people that struggled and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And that, you know, she, she tried to help them find, um, you know, meetings and things like that. I don't know. It, it, people are going to have an AA big book on their shelf. Maybe she was a member at one point, too. I don't know. Yeah. It's anonymous, and she's yeah, never true. told me that, that she is. So, you know, and I'm actually sure, certain she's going to listen to this at some point, <laughs> you know. So I've always suspected, why did she have that book? But she gave it to me, and I've mm -hmm. still got that book. That same book. That same book. I still That's have awesome. it. And the reason I'm bringing that up now is that when you go into the AA room of Up the Street Club, mm -hmm. there's an accent wall there. Yes. That was color matched with that book. With that book. With that book that she gave me. Yeah, and we've got a little glass cabinet. Now, and here's something too. That's I was going to a lot of thought and detail, oh, though. So like, yeah, that's something that most people. I would have. I would have been like, just paint it value blue, you know. <laughs> like so, I appreciate that there was a lot of time and effort and and thought that went into that, and those are the details that make a place like that really special and, and that's and that's why it's so so close to my heart mm -hmm. you know and that place was close to my heart beforehand but sure. it's like you know if i'm going to be you know tasked with this you know damn near impossible task it's going to be <laughs> worth it to me and it's going right. to what's funny is when i first said that i've got another friend that, you know she because you know I, i've got a very specific style of, of art or whatever it, it, you know um design and she's like you're gonna turn this into a man pad i'm like i have a vision and you're gonna love it you know? but yeah no and w whenever i bring a friend over there for the first time i give them a tour of that place i'm like look you know here's this room and here's that That's room awesome. and i give them the story of those colors because yeah. it was important to me mm -hmm. so yeah so when you walk into that you know, the next time you walk into that a big book room know that there's a little bit of of, of my, my bonus mother in That's that awesome. my first introduction to a 12-step program was that big book that, that we color match to make that wall. Yeah. <laughs> and Richard Davis did get to pick which wall was the accent. <laughs> I will throw that out there. <laughs> that's awesome. That's super awesome. I think that's a good place to stop. Is it? Did, did, did we cover everything? I think we covered now? everything and we're at 45 minutes already. <laughs> told you it would go fast. Well, and you also told me that, that you'd eventually have to tell me to shut up. I could go on for another 45 if you want. Well, we'll just have you back to the corner of here and now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it it and I uh, peace out and I'll see y'all tomorrow bye all right everyone that's another episode of the corner of here and now thank you for joining me if you like what you're hearing please share comment and or subscribe please know that the music used in this podcast is the one and only Kenny Cordray and the song is called Rojo that was generously donated by his family and until the next time we meet on the corner of here and now remember we're all just walking each other home Peace out.